Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident sexy boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. Oh, oh, here he comes. Watch out, boys. He'll chew you up. It's Micah. Yo, what's going on? As, I, as I'm talking, I just attacked my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Micah, we're in for a sexy episode today. It's, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> this was not a weird watch for me at all. At all. No. Yeah. No. Oh, and it's And not only is it sexy, it's going to be spicy. Yeah. So tell the folks at home what you did before we came down here. Oh, yeah. Different kind of spice. So last episode, Thor gifted me with some Carolina Reaper popcorn. And um, a decision I'm soon to regret, I think. Yep. Because we popped some. I got to tell you, folks, as I pulled this out of the bag, I started coughing almost uncontrollably. (laughs) He sniffed into the bag a little bit. Yeah. And the steam and the spice, and he just uncontrollably started coughing. Yeah, it was good times. Good times. Which gives me high hopes. I'm sure this will be awesome. Yep. So we have some popcorn with us, and we're going to start the episode off by taking a couple bites. Thor, we don't have to eat continuously through the episode. My only request, though, is that we find, so looking at the popcorn here, some of it has more spice on it than others. Uh-huh. Like, the popcorn is is, you know, mainly... It's natural kind of off-white color and this one, but over here it's just straight orange. Yeah. We got to find one of those. Yeah. Well, and so as I was looking, I was like, oh, I think I have, I think I'm going to eat ones with very little spice on them and maybe he won't notice. Damn it. (laughs) Oh yeah. We got to We got to go. I mean, at least at first. For the first one, I'll do one. Yeah. One bad one to start off. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Cause we, we recently had a gathering and I just straight up ate a chili pepper Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it looked awesome. It looked it, super fun. I, yeah, it was great. All right, here we go. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's got some kick. All <clears> right. <throat> I feel it starting. <clears throat> I, I feel it already. Yeah, it's great. I do have oh. a cup of milk if you would like some, by the way. Oh, I've got coffee. I'm, I'm good. I'll down this spicy popcorn with a hot beverage. I'm scared to swallow because I don't know what it's going to do to my insides. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's got a nice burn to it. Okay. It's not near, honestly. So it, this gathering you were talking about, uh-huh. this today is Sunday. It was Friday. We were there. And yeah. it was like a charcuterie thing. So oh, yeah. everybody just brought a bunch of like dippables and shareables. Yep. And somebody had like a whole spread of different types of pickles. Oh, it was awesome. And there were a bunch of spicy pickles, which I tried. Yeah. And honestly, part of it was to kind of like get myself ready for this. Sure. Okay. Honestly, I think they were a bit worse than this. Um. Yeah, I could I could see one or two of them being that way. I mean, we did have a couple in a row, so maybe it built up. Sure. Yeah. And, and that happens. I mean, don't get me wrong. This kind of sucks. Like, the back of my, <laughs> like, it just hit the back of my, like, my throat. This is kind of different. Honestly, the pickles, the pickles, like, made my whole mouth hot. 
Whereas yeah. this is kind of like, it's like I felt the dust settle on my throat. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's it's where the popcorn has touched the tongue and like the roof of your mouth. Like that spot for me is burning. The rest of my mouth is totally fine. Yeah, the, it's very honestly isolated. the pickles were much worse. Yeah, yeah. So this is not this is not bad. We've got some heat. Also, right. keep in mind, I I ate one piece of popcorn, <laughs> and it's already uh, I'm feeling it. All right, oh, I'll yeah. do I'll do another uh, coated one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do yeah. a couple. I'm gonna really yeah, give we're, my, we're diving put myself in, in some we're diving in. Listen to us, folks. We're getting, um, we're getting um, spicy um, and sorry. risky here. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, it's popcorn, <coughs> so I love it. <sighs> As I sniff, I'm not. I'm not. My eyes aren't watering yet. So yeah, I gotta say honestly, I'm not impressed. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. I came in very scared. So do we rescind our sponsorship offer? To um, the bag. Uh, Southwest Food Distribution Inc., I think. Yeah. Let's see. Let me. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Southwest Specialty Foods Incorporated. Yeah. So do we still allow them to be sponsors of our show? <laughs> you know what? No. Because no. if I were them, I would not stand behind this product. Oh, it okay. is not that spicy. Well, if, me, I hate spicy stuff. I'm a real wimp when it comes to it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm really not having that big of a problem with it. No, it's it's got like, a kick. It's spicy. I don't like it. Sure, but would you want to eat a whole bag? No, not at all. How do you feel about the flavor? But not because it like hurts me or anything. It's just like yeah, not you don't. So you don't care for the taste too much either. Yeah, no, not particularly. All right. Well, the search for our sponsorship <gasps> oh. continues. <coughs> oh, whoopsies. Oh, you, you breathed move? in a little dust. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's definitely not as bad as what a Carolina Reaper pepper would be and that's kind of what i expected i didn't think that it would be awful awful um but it's got some heat i'm not sure how i feel about the taste it's it's not bad i mean i will i will eat it but i'll eat just about any type of popcorn sure yeah uh uncontrollably so where would we where would we rate this all right i just took a big mouthful now yeah now i'm heated up a little bit all right there it is (laughs) Do we resend the recension? Do we re-resend or send with a mouthful? Is it um, is it living up to the Carolina Reaper hype? It's still not that hot. Okay. It's still very manageable for me. Yeah. Which, if you're trying to make something spicy and I'm saying it's not that bad, that's a black mark. That is a stain on your... Uh... <sighs> All right. Well, should we give some to the dog then? No, I still think that would be mean. Because <laughs> she'll probably experience it a little more intensely than we will. Yeah, probably. Certainly if she sniffs at it. Yeah, there is there is backstory to that. We accidentally dropped some and my dog immediately went for it. Normally, I'd be totally fine with her eating uh, fallen food, but we just kind of had a little mini panic attack because we hadn't even had it yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're going to keep munching on this. Yeah, he's going back in for more, folks. Like, honestly... He's going back in. Like for you more. said, it is popcorn. It, so. Yeah, it's popcorn. It can't be that bad. So, um, on a scale of how many? Oh, hold on, hold on. I need to ask a question in order to get a scale. All right, how many uh, kernels of corn on a cob? It looks like 
800 is the average kernel count on a corn of the cob. So, one out of 800, where would we rate our spicy popcorn? On flavor, taste, I think I'm going to go like 50. Out of 800? Yeah. Okay. Compared to, like, compared to, I would (laughs) rather have caramel corn, I would rather have cheesy corn, I would rather have just regular buttery popcorn. Okay. I don't think it, it doesn't hold a candle to just regular movie theater popcorn. Well, no. I would agree with that. Or even some Orville Redenbacher's freaking popcorn. Okay. As far as spiciness, uh, maybe like 300, I guess. Okay. My expectation was that I was going to be crying and vomiting. I brought a cup of milk, uh, okay. which I have sipped at. Yeah. But ultimately, I think I would have been good just white knuckling it. Yeah. Yeah. The heat's not really too bad. It's not really too bad. I think I would give it a... Uh, Hmm. I would give it a 300 out of 800, just across the board. Okay. Um, 200 points for popcorn, just <laughs> right off right off the bat. That's like signing your name on the SATs. Yeah, exactly. Got- just the fact that it's popcorn and we got 200. Um, it's not, it's not um, incredibly spicy, which, again, I didn't think that it was going to be super bad because they want to be able to sell this. So, Well, yeah, no, but isn't there, a, what's that thing called, the one chip? There is the one chip challenge. So I yeah. was thinking it was going to be something like that, where it's like just ultimate spicy. It was going to mess us up. Oh, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure that the one chip challenge, uh, somebody died from eating it recently, so they had to pull a lot of those, a lot of those uh, chips. That's hilarious. Like, That's like, uh, did you hear about Panera released this uh, like caffeinated lemonade? Oh, I did hear about that. Didn't they get sued? Yeah, like three different people had heart attacks and died after drinking it because I guess they weren't transparent in how caffeinated it was. Oh, so they were and just pe- down on it? Somebody was just com- going to Panera and they were like, oh, this is delicious, and then just kept getting refills. Because they were probably pretty big cups, too, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. So basically, people were going into Panera, ordering this lemonade, drinking it. It was basically like drinking... Like six or seven Red Bulls. Oh in my god! <laughs> like just Jeez. drinking, not not one cup, but as much as they were drinking, yeah. it was like. But even still, like an insane amount of energy drinks, basically. Ugh. But they're like Panera. It's lemonade. It's healthy. It's, it's just hel- caffeine. It's good. Yeah, it's just caffeine. And- <laughs> yeah, they killed people. Uh yeah, that's not too bad. Um, sinuses are barely opening up. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Real um, letdown. Yep. That's uh, that's this week's episode of Get Wrecked. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> no. Let's talk about another type of spice. Yep, we are going to talk about the Naked Director. Let's get into it. Hey, folks. Make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep. I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
Alrighty, Michael, we are back. And today we're going to talk about a uh, listener recommendation. Mm -hmm. So once again, shout out to Luis. Uh, He does a podcast as well. You should go check it out. It's called Coladice. Uh, It's K-O-L-A-Z-D-I-C-E. It is a Spanish language podcast. Uh, Luis himself is from Lima, Peru. Um, And he reached out to us with a interesting recommendation. To say the least. (laughs) The Naked Director. Um, And once again, so just a quick recap. um, Luis is a cool guy. He's kind of into, honestly, he feels pretty similar. Like, I think we would be buds. Because he's into a lot of similar things we are. He's like, he's into comics. Yeah. He's into wrestling, which I know you and I aren't necessarily huge wrestling fans, but he seems no. like he's kind of into like comedy and nerd shit. Sure. I like the um, attitude era of wrestling. Yeah, me too. I, I like, I got dude, really into wrestling for about two years dude, and then Stone just, Cold Steve Austin, yeah, exactly. DX, fucking like The yeah. Rock. Kurt Angle era. Oh like my God. When yeah. Kurt Angle was turning so heel. So good. The best era of wrestling. Yes. Uh, but in any case... So he recommended this, and he's also, he's told us, a pretty big fan of porn, mm-hmm. which I, I myself, like, <laughs> obviously, I'm a fan of porn, but it's not, like, I've, I've never been somebody who really looks into it, as, like, from the perspective of, like, uh, the artistry of it or anything like that. Sure. So not to discount that, I feel like a lot of times it's a topic that people are, like, scared to talk about and, and feel embarrassed to talk about. It's kind of taboo. Yeah. Like culturally. So he gave us a pretty cool recommendation. The Naked Director on Netflix, which is a Japanese series. So it follows the story of uh, Toru Miranishi. He's a big name in the Japanese porn industry. Um, So I looked up a little bit about him, the actual person. He was a innovative and controversial director. Is uh, how he was described. He's known in Japan as the emperor of porn. <laughs> the emperor. Um, and he's credited as as one of the creators of the quasi-documentary style found in Japanese adult videos. Um, apparently that genre has remained popular uh, up until today. And in 1992... He, oh, gosh. <coughs> Sorry, that popcorn's hitting me a little bit. <laughs> in 1992, uh, he got a... What I'm going to say, I'm going to assume is a pretty uh, coveted award. He was named the dirtiest of the industry's dirty old men. That's a coveted award? I'm guessing. That that would be my assumption. If you're a scumbag porn director, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's probably like the one. Um, so I looked into him. Uh, the real guy. So as I looked into this, I think the show is, like they said, it's semi-biographical and it's based on a novel like a nonfiction novel kind of about that story. And it was kind of adapted from a novel, which was, uh, I guess a, a biographical novel. Um, so some of the things you will find, uh, in the show are pretty accurate. He was jailed multiple times, um, because especially in the early eighties, Japan had very strict obscenity laws. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of a crazy thing for me to get my head around. Mm -hmm. It's just, while I was watching this, and this series is eight episodes long, I got... I well, finished the first season. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, they did just get renewed for a second season, so that's coming. No, the second season is on there, I think. Oh, is it out now? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay. All right. But while I was watching this, I always thought that it was strange watching this, how something like porn has 
guidelines about propriety and like being okay versus not being okay. To me, that's just strange. In what way? What do you mean? Because of the content of what it is that they're doing. Yeah. I feel like if if that's what their goal is, to show videos of these acts, Uh I don't really see how propriety really fits into that. And we're they're like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna film this, but we're not gonna show genitalia, for example. Yeah, we're gonna blur or, it out. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna blur it out. But so so even though people are watching it for a very specific reason, I would argue, in most cases. Yeah. It's like that specific reason is still kind of frowned upon even within the industry itself. Sure. Which yeah. is kind of strange to me. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm getting. At. Well, and a lot of those people in the industry, like and the show kind of dives into this, too, was like that they had the guidelines that the Japanese government set out as far as you have to blur. But then those industries also kind of were secretively also selling the unedited versions on the black market. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of the Japanese mafia, the the Yakuza uh, play a big part in this story. Mm hmm as well as the like dirty corrupt police as well as the distributors themselves so like i think there's a lot of interesting levels to this um but once again uh, i wanted to touch base on miranishi real quick okay so the actual guy he did spend uh he did go to jail a number of times yeah and he was a you know kind of revolutionary as far as the adult video industry in japan he started a lot of like styles of video and stuff like that that okay. still exist today and he's kind of painted as like a hero. He's like watching the show. He's kind of, especially in the beginning, he feels like the Wolf of Wall Street of Japanese porn, <laughs> where he kind of comes from these humble beginnings. But then he realizes he has this vision and he can talk people into buying anything. And yeah. he kind of talks his way into building this empire. Well, because he starts off as an English encyclopedia salesman. Yeah. The, the, the first episode with this, I was... I had to pause it like twice to make sure that I was watching the right thing. Yeah. Because I legitimately didn't think that I was, even though it starts off super adult oriented. Like it starts off just with a whole sex. Yeah. He's jerking off in the bathroom and he's imagining he's having sex with a girl in the. Yeah. And then it's got this weird like sex montage at the beginning of it. And then it gets into the story of of, like the um, this main guy, Toru. But in that whole first episode, I I literally I paused it a couple times just to make sure that I was still watching the same thing. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it was very. Cause you're like, oh, what he's selling encyclopedias? Cool. I thought yeah. this was the porn show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. I was kind of pleasantly surprised at that, at the storytelling of this. I thought that it was actually pretty well done. Yeah. Although the themes of the show are obviously very adult oriented, it's about yes. a porn director. Um, I think the show itself is actually not that sexual. If you take out the parts where, like, the long extended scenes of them filming porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you take out those scenes, um, it's actually not. It really is kind of like just a. It's a uh, business it's, movie. Yeah, or it's a business, a business show. comedy, really. Like, yeah. Um, oh, I the thing I was getting at, though. So just a quick. I was not super fi- familiar with Miranisi. 
And okay. like I said, so he is a porn director, and the, the show kind of paints him as like this hero. Like I said, the kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street type guy. Yeah. Um, but also he is a human person with flaws and not a perfect person. A number of his arrests throughout the years was for using underage actresses as well. Oh, geez. <laughs> so okay. So he is really the dirtiest of the dirty old men. That's he claimed, and he was he starred in many of his movies. Yeah, let's go back um, to to the award that he won, and it being something to be revered. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he is a old school porn director, probably a bit of a dirtbag. So, and the show really paints him in a great light, but <laughs> but he sounds like so he brags apparently, like in real life. I don't know if he's still alive, but he did that. He had sex with over 7,000 women. Oh, my God. He starred in over 3,000 films as well as produced many of them. He had multiple production companies. He had a uh, like a uh, TV station at one point in Japan where he produced 15 movies a month. Basically like the Spice Channel. Yeah. Type the Japanese Spice Channel where he produced like 15 movies a month, starred in many of them. So... I don't know. I think it's important to keep in mind that like this is a fictionalization. Yeah. I'm not passing judgment on the guy, but he's he's definitely not like this true hearted hero who is like aiming for uh, sexual freedom of people. I think that you, although I am in fan, I am uh, in favor of that. Um, I, I don't believe in like a puritanical view of sex and, uh, relationships in that way sure but i don't think he is a a like champion of (laughs) freedom a a champion of freedom so much as a guy who saw an opportunity um to live a really cool life and took it and had sex with seven thousand women like good for him i'm all about it but also (laughs) not a perfect person definitely which also i think is kind of cool but (laughs) But he he certainly um, probably had some skeletons. But we're going to talk about the show more so because, like, like I said, I'm not. I did a little bit of research into him before the show. Beforehand. Okay. But overall, I, I'm not. This is not a topic I am a historian of in any way. Uh, yeah, me either. Me either. I I don't really. It's strange to me that. I mean, I I guess. Duh, why wouldn't there be a huge backstory to the business end of the porn industry? Totally makes sense. And I'm sure that people had to treat it like a business and do business shenanigans and deals, things like that, as that happens in any other industry or business. Yeah, sure. And pornography is an industry that I think and the show one of the things the show really showcases is like, although it wasn't technically illegal, because even in America, obviously, I mean, the. And they reference this a lot of the show is like in American porn, they really just have sex on camera. But even though it wasn't strictly illegal, the like federal agencies and police would. You know what I mean? They would attempt to hinder the production and the distribution in any way that they could because it was seen as obscene and uh, bad for the nation. Whereas in Japan, they don't have a First Amendment. Right. That guarantees them, you know, freedom of expression and speech. So there the the laws were much 
you know, much stricter. And they were like, okay, so pornography is not specifically illegal, but we are going to put all these caveats on it. You can't actually show penetration. You can't actually show uh, genitals. That stuff has to be blurred. And essentially, the beginning of the show when he is first filming porn, they're filming like Skinamax style where... Yeah. Uh, did you like that scene where they're like mixing up fake jizz? Yeah. Well, did I like it? I mean, I didn't really feel one way or the other about it. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought it was interesting because they showed him like using egg yolk and stuff to fake mix up uh, fake cum. Yeah. And then they're like, they're taping up the the male actor to like tape down his tape down his DMBs. Yeah. Yeah. With like a flesh tone colored tape. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. It was... um. Ah, man, this this is very interesting to me because when I think about the subject of pornography, often it's hard for me to not recognize like the dark side of that industry mm-hmm. that that naturally comes with it. I recognize that there is a whole section that is on the up and up and it's all 100 percent legal across the board and yeah. it's, it's two consenting adults and everybody, like, there's a transaction that's happening that everybody has agreed on. Yeah. But I feel like that industry invites devious content and devious characters into it. Oh, for sure, man. There is a lot of, you can look at so many stories and in modern day, at least in America, uh-huh. in modern porn, when they're filming, the actresses, the actors, everything is about consent. They have long... Uh, discussions before they shoot a scene of like, okay, I'm okay with slapping or hair pulling. And they, they talk about these things in depth. Yeah. Everything is about above board and consent, at least in the mainstream like industry. Right. The reason those things are in place is because for a long time, that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately people got, uh, you know, probably mistreated sure. a lot of times. And so there are a lot of those stories um, so it, it is always, uh, I get, there is always this like dark tinge where, you know, like there is this dark history that comes along with, uh, with the porn industry, right? Yeah. 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 And maybe, I don't know, is it culturally, cause it's, it is kind of culturally taboo to just be like, Hey, I'm really into this, you know, talking about that in public, uh-huh. close friends maybe would, would discuss it. But even then close friends have to be like really okay with each other talking to each other about it yeah. at least here in the states mm-hmm. so i wonder um cuz when we got the message from luis i was like it's kind of interesting how upfront he is about <laughs> about his his uh fandom of pornography but also is that a cultural thing like is is it just weird to me because we're in the states and is that the case all over uh, from Peru, right? Yeah, I mean, our country and society was filled by Puritans. So, right. I mean, we, right. there's so, definitely... Like, is is the industry perceived differently in Peru, I guess, is maybe my question. I'd be interested to hear that. Like, how does how is pornography viewed in that country, yeah, society? Yeah, after you listen to this episode, let us know, because uh, we are a little bit curious. Yeah. I didn't even think to ask. I should have asked. Oh, God, I kept eating popcorn. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, all right, I got a lot of spice on that one. <laughs> I got too cocky. I got confident. I was you like, I can eat this all day. Yeah, oh, just started oh munching it. Oh, yeah. Where were we? Oh. Yeah. So out of out of the eight episodes for the first season, I was able to get through five. Um, in between all of the 
lingering holiday family plans that that happen after Christmas Day. Yep. I got one. I got through six. Okay. So, yeah, the episode that I got to was when they just got to Hawaii. I'm pretty sure that that was. Mm -hmm. So I started watching that, but I didn't finish that episode. I think that that was the sixth episode. Maybe. Okay. So interesting fact. So the way the show sets it up is he goes to Hawaii Mm -hmm. and to shoot this one big this one big film. He's like, this is the one that's going to save us. Right. It's going to save the company. Yeah, because they he, keep getting, like, pinched by opposing, like, competitive pornography companies. Well, a specific pe- competitive pornography company and the government itself. So they make this video that is evidently so awesome. And then they have to recall all of the tapes so they can't make any money off of it. Yeah, so... Oh, gosh. Let me see. I want to get the the names in here. Alrighty. So a young girl, because the company is on the outs, and a young girl, um, Megumi, she comes to him and she's like, I want to do an adult video. Mm -hmm. And they do it. Um, And they actually have sex, which, first of all, everybody is like, dude, you got to stop actually having people have sex. We're going to go to jail for this. And he just keeps doing it. He's like, I don't care. (laughs) It needs to be real because he's an artist. Yeah, (laughs) an artist. (laughs) That's his. Um, And they do. And then she goes and tells her mom, like, hey, mom, I just did porn. And then. Yeah. Kind of hilarious. Then the mom goes to the. Uh, gosh, what is it? The she goes to the police, doesn't she? No, it's like the organization. Oh, of, that's right, the organization that kind of regulates what you can and cannot do within the porn industry. Yeah, it's like yes. the industry themselves kind of set up their own regulative body. Yeah, of which this guy Toru Muranishi was not a part of. Correct, because the big guy. Gosh, I'm trying to find his name. Is it uh, Aikazawa? Aikazawa, yeah, yeah. So, so he plays I- Igo Aikazawa. Yeah, so Aikozawa is kind of like, he's the biggest uh, porn distributor in Japan. And he does not like uh, Miranishi because uh, they had like, because he's worried about it. He's like the young upstart with, he's a visionary. Mm-hmm. And he's he just doesn't like him. He had worked for him at one point and then just refused to like sell his company to him. Yeah. And so he's had it out for him. So he... Basically creates this regulatory body as a front to look like, oh, look, we're self-regulating. We want to hold things to a standard. Meanwhile, he's secretively selling uh, uncut versions on the black market as well. Yeah. Um, and and but, he's got the police force on his payroll. Yeah, exactly. He's he's tied in with the police force. He's tied in with Yakuza. Uh-huh. Um, so they use, basically this girl's mom goes to them and is like, hey, look, you can't let this happen. And... Uh, is Aikazawa? Uh-huh. He he's like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. So he has the he six the cops on him. There's lawsuits, and they're like, okay, you can't release it. And they're like, man, we're ruined now. Yeah, we are ruined now. And so they're like, we got to go to Hawaii. We got I got this American porn actress, and I'm gonna make the greatest porn movie the world has ever seen. And spoiler alert, that's what happens in the next episode. Basically. It's a Charlie's Angels Skinamax movie. It's basically a Charlie's <laughs> okay. Angels porn movie is okay. what he makes. Gosh, where was I going? Oh, interesting. So the girl, uh, the that character, Megumi Sahara. Yeah. Should I not try to do an accent when I... Does that make it worse? Nah, I, I say go for it. Okay. 
Because otherwise, you know, you get in trouble for mispronouncing it wrong on purpose anyway. So make a solid attempt. You know, if uh, Misaro Morita, the actress who plays Megumi Sahara, ever listens to this show and she's offended, she can call us and Dude, let she's us know. an incredible actress, too. Yeah. I, I really liked her. Um, but interesting. So the character she's playing is actually, like, that part of the story is pretty based in fact. Okay. Is that um, uh, Marishi uh, discovered her. And uh, she was a real actress, and she went by the name Karu Kuroki, who ended up being, like, kind of the first, like, huge, one of the first huge porn actresses in Japan for, yeah. for many years. So she ended up actually being a really big star. And and with that, part of her rise to prominence seemed to be her assertiveness within the films yeah. themselves. So, like, she was not a submissive so much as she was taking ownership of the situation mm-hmm. kind of directing it yeah exactly not visually not like directing the show or the whatever the movie but like kind of in command of of uh the actions being yeah. taken and yeah in command of her sexuality and yeah. uh her performance also so here's like one of the things that bugged me about this show was the first like four episodes they keep giving you these flashes of her and she's just doing like kind of weird, like you can tell she's like a young girl kind of like discovering her sexuality. She's like playing with herself in an art class where there's a guy who's a nude model and she's like showing him her panties to like get him hard. Yeah. It's kind of like a joke, but also like this weird sexual fantasy for her. Sure. And the whole show, like they really drag out this part of her going to Miranishi, where it's like, dude, okay, we obviously see where this is going. Stop dragging it. Like you get so much of her backstory that honestly feels a little unnecessary where it's like, just get to, we all see where this is going. She's (laughs) obviously, she has this business card. She keeps looking at it. She wants to go do porn. We know she's going to end up coming to do porn and be a huge star. That's what the whole thing is leading to. Yeah. And it's like, God, did they drag that out? (laughs) So do you think that a better thing would have been, let me back up. I think that the reason that they brought her in so early is because they were really trying to mirror her like sexual repression and that transformation of being true to herself Uh or being her true self and mirroring that timeline with, uh, with Toru, the director kind of going through his transformation and becoming his true self because that's kind of his theme through the entire thing. He's like, I want people to just be them true selves. Yeah. Cause he starts out as like this nothing freaking book salesman. Right. So, so basically they had to get to the point of the story where he had reached that point before she can really play a huge role into the main plot line. So she's a side character up until that point. Yeah. So do you think that it would have been better to introduce her in later episodes, like maybe introduce her in episode three and then. Yeah, I think I think they still could have gotten through all that story without giving like dragging it out so long. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. And that's not a huge point. It was just something that kind of bugged me. I was like, Jesus Christ, is she ever going to go meet this guy and get yeah. banged on camera? Like, because that's <laughs> obviously her great. That's obviously her biggest dream. Which are like, good for you. I don't care. But yeah. like, they the just al- keep dragging it out. It's like, we see where it's going. Just get there. Yeah. Well, the alternative would be to shorten, you know, the timeline of within the episodes themselves. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think they could have left her story out for yeah for a couple episodes and probably sped through it a little bit more. Yeah, I I get that because it was it was a bit on the nose. Like once once two, we're two episodes in, I'm like, oh okay, I I get it. At first, I was like, what's this character doing and how is she connected? But it was very quickly apparent. Oh, that's how she's going to be connected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can understand that. She's got some dark sexual desires. Right. Dude, I love when she walks up on the boys. Like, it's such a funny scene because I first I like that concept of like he starts selling Binny Bon, mm-hmm. which is porn magazines where the genitals are uh, censored. They're all censored out. Yeah. And then there's like this uh, urban legend, basically. That if you take like mayonnaise or peanut yeah. butter and rub it on the sensor and you can rub it off and see what's underneath. <laughs> and there's all these teenage boys with like mayonnaise trying to rub these magazines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. she walks up on a guy, a bunch of guys and she's like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, no, no, no. And they run away. Yeah. And then she's just like left looking at all these porn magazines and she just gets down and she starts trying to scratch it off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at that I, I liked that scene a lot. At that point, yeah, and it was kind of weird too because all the guys were like, "Oh, you're weird," like they weren't doing the same thing. Yeah, and and they you know they vanished, they ran away out of embarrassment. Which yeah, and I think that's kind of they. I think they do a really good job of not coming out and directly saying things. I like shows that do. I I don't like shows that treat you like you're stupid. I don't like films that treat you like you're stupid and spell things out. Yeah. Um I feel like this show does a really good job of kind of implying the atmosphere of the culture and society around that topic without directly coming out and saying it. Like them treating her like she's weird cuz same thing it is like they're all looking at these porn magazines. And when she comes up like, yeah, they're embarrassed, but also they're like, why are you into this? Yeah, that's yeah. you're weird. Like, she's not. You know what I mean? She's supposed to be this this delicate flower who doesn't have sexual urges. She's just a a doll for men's sexual fantasies. But she is not supposed to be engaging in that. Right. Right. And they don't actually say any of that. They just give you this little piece of dialogue. Well, you weirdo. Why would you look at this? Sure. Um, so I think that's really smart filmmaking and storytelling the way that's done. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the director's kind of past a little bit, just as far as the actual, um, the actual person, uh-huh. because they're admittedly, admittedly, this is not really my content. This is not my subject. Yeah, I know, I know. it's, it's just not, not my bag, which is fine. Um, but with that being said, you know what is my bag? Libertarianism. Yeah. And as soon as this guy decides to stick it to the government, I'm like, you know what? I'm rooting for him. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I don't necessarily agree with what he's doing, but I think he should go against the government. Yeah, dude. Abso- <laughs> dude, absolutely. I don't agree with what he's saying, but I'll defend to the death yeah. his right to say it. Exactly. So, so they're... But with that, the show does absolutely, especially after the information that you gave, does absolutely kind of romanticize his rise to prominence. So for me, that kind of helped helps me take a step back and be like, oh, well, no, this is yeah. an actual guy. And there are some uh, there were some things happening behind the scenes that I definitely wouldn't be OK with. Yeah, this is a fictionalized biographical series. It's meant to be fun and lighthearted. Yeah. But I'm certain 
that at the core of some of what was actually going on, it was probably not nearly as lighthearted. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was not as nearly as much of this like uh, directorial visionary genius so much as a guy who was like, I like banging <clears throat> girls and I got some ideas of what what would look pretty cool. Well, I think in, in part two, just to go along with that, is he understands sales because at first he's not a good salesman. Yeah. Then he figures it out, becomes a great salesman. Yeah, he goes from being the worst salesman of all time to being the best. Dude, that that scene where he's like selling all the encyclopedias and they have like the the little markers to keep track of oh, yeah. how many sales you have. And it's just like and it goes up and wraps around the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it's like on the wall and it's like a, you know, like felt uh, bar graph, basically. Yeah. And his line goes all the way up onto the ceiling like yeah, so, <laughs> it's very funny. It was, there were some really funny parts, um, but I, I think that he was motivated by capitalist motivations. Like he wanted yeah. to make money. He realized he was kind of surprised at how well the Benny Bonds did. Uh-huh. And then he's like, oh, well, instead of selling encyclopedias, I could make a lot more money selling these. Yeah. I do think that he kind of changed as the like he had a character arc. It wasn't I don't think that he was financially driven through the entire thing. Or at least by the time I'm on episode five, I don't think that finances are the primary motivating factor for him anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Like, I think a lot of his arc is he wants to be great because he starts out as a cuck. You know what I mean? He's a failing salesman who can't get it up for his wife. And she ends up cheating on him. And that's kind of like the catalyst for the whole story. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it isn't, like you said, it's not about making money. Like that's part of it. But I think it's more about he wants to make a name for himself. He wants to be great. I think ultimately that's what it becomes. Yeah. Yeah. I think initially he's like, oh, I can make a lot more money doing this than selling encyclopedias. But even with that, it's how does he better himself with it? So he's... He wants to make more money to make himself great. So I can, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know, something about this show is pretty interesting. I typically hate subtitles. I prefer a dub. Okay. I tried watching dubbed. I don't know how you watched it. I couldn't do it. I watched a little bit of both. I watched the first three episodes subtitled, second two episodes dubbed. I hated the dub on this. It wasn't very good. It sounded like cartoony. Like they, the voices were just, because like with anime, I, I don't mind it because it is kind of like it's a cartoon. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It doesn't bug me. But with this and the subject matter and uh, just the actual what's going on, they're talking about like he's talking to a Yakuza boss, right? Yeah. Who's like beating him with a golf club. And and the Yakuza boss is like, oh, hey, you know, that's really not. And really <laughs> and like. It's this old Japanese guy with a full body tattoo of dragons who's yeah. like a serious, like a guy who has killed people. And he really talked like this. That, that, you know, he really talks with this, this dark thing. But the dub is like, oh, hey, what's up? And I was like, this is too, it's too cartoony. And I had to turn it off and actually watch. And I've actually been really enjoying it subtitled. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching things with subtitles. I feel like reading... The context really forces you to be involved in the show. Yeah. So because you're reading, you're listening, it's it's activating more of your senses, I think. Yeah. It's forcing you to concentrate on the story more. Well, and also I really like like just the intonation, getting the, the intonation yeah. of 
how they're actually expressing it. Like I said, I don't know who dubbed this, but I feel like it's dubbed very poorly. I feel like it doesn't match the tone of the show. Sure. Well, and, and to go with that, and I think that I've said that this before, but we can understand cadences and emotion of the human la- or of the English language because we speak English. It's sure. our native tongue. All right. But if I'm listening to something in a different language and reading American subtitles or English subtitles, I don't understand the cadence and emphasis of the dialect of this other language. So for me, that barrier point kind of almost makes it seem like it's better acting where it could be shit acting. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Right. But because I don't understand the language. Yeah. They're me, all the greatest actors I've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so doing that and, and, and then reading it kind of, I don't know, it sells it more to me where mm-hmm. with the, with the dubbing, it can obviously be fake. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of puts you out of it a little bit. Oh, so I was talking about a scene. How did you feel? So he's still an encyclopedia salesman. Uh huh. And he's with the guy who's kind of teaching him the old the old road dog who's, you know, who knows how to sell sell good. And he's giving him the techniques. And so he lets him go sell to this Yakuza boss who who basically kicks the shit out of everybody. And he takes me. He starts hitting golf balls at him. (laughs) Yeah. And then he has this brilliant idea. He's like, look, you like fucking American women? Buy this encyclopedia and you can have all the women. And then they start doing this thing where like the Yakuza boss is pretending to have sex with him. <laughs> yeah, because because while he's getting beat up, he has to take his pants off because he like urinates himself. Yeah, yeah, he pees his pants. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. So so he takes his pants off. So he's just got like a suit top. He's got his jacket buttoned up and tie on and he's wearing whitey tighties. And Dude, this guy loves being in his tidy whiteies. Yeah, and that's a pretty a a pretty regular theme throughout the whole show. Is him in nothing but his undies. Yep, yep. Hence the name, right? Um, and so his I don't know if it's his if the yakuza's wife or mistress or whatever, but she walks in and it's this like play sex act that they're watching that she walks in on him on. Yeah, because he's like, if you have sex with American women, you can tell them. Uh, yeah, that feels so nice. And then he's like, oh, I feel nice. And like, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very funny scene. I like that one. Yeah. There was some humor thrown into this, which I appreciated. Yeah, it's a very funny show, honestly. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it is probably lost in translation just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it is a Japanese show for a Japanese audience. Yeah. Um, but even there is definitely a lot of comedy that I pick up throughout this. Sure. So now I've got a question for Luis. If Luis watched it, was it in its original language with subtitles or did he also watch it dubbed? And if you watched it dubbed, I'm guessing he didn't watch it in English. I'm guessing he watched it in Spanish. Just a guess. Could be wrong, but uh, Spanish dubbing. And if he did happen to watch it with a Spanish dub. How well did the voice actors do for that? Because for the English dubbing, wasn't that great? Yeah, no, it stunk. Yeah. So let us know. I'm curious on that. You're going to have to give us a lot of feedback on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Luis. But you gave us an interesting thing. Uh, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse. So 
Um, okay, let's talk about the the first movie he makes, where it is the the football player basically like <laughs> forcing himself on a cheerleader in a yeah. in a bus. Yeah, there were the earlier videos that he was they were a little rapey. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. now. It was at that point. It wasn't actually having the act of sex. Like there, yeah. they were still like, they're still doing the skin max thing where yeah. they're all taped up. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was a little strange. And then she ends up killing him. You know, in the film, not mm-hmm. not yeah. actually. And then I love that he just paid for pyrotechnics to have the van or the bus blow yeah. up in the background. But I like that scene because you get to see this like behind the scenes of. Cause your your viewpoint is them actually filming it, uh-huh. so you get to see it's like the money shot, and you get to see the girl with the squirt gun spraying this this uh, fake jizz concoction they made onto the girl. Yeah, and and Miranishi through it is so funny because he's like, no, you need to emote more. You're an animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find the show very interesting. Yeah, I would say interesting is a good word to describe it. I would say that. I don't... Are you going to finish it? You've got, what, two more episodes to watch? I got two more episodes in the first season. Yeah. And I'll probably keep watching it. Okay. Honestly, like, I'm kind of fascinated by the story and where it's all going to go. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm interested in where this season ends. Uh I'll probably finish this season. I don't know if I have a desire to watch season two but well, that makes sense it's not a topic you're particularly interested in yeah yeah and, and, that, and whereas me i'm like yeah i'm not necessarily like a porn historian but i do find the porn industry fascinating um i do find people's uh relationship with sex very interesting it's something i've always been pretty comfortable with and so from that aspect i i really enjoy this once again I, it's not nearly as sexy as i thought there is a there is a good bit of nudity. Um, once again, they're filming porn. Yeah, but I don't. It's not. It's honestly not as much as I thought. It's not as much as I expected based on the nature of the show. Um, I I would maybe agree with that. I I it's not all the time, right? It's so you, it's not like every single scene in this is a filming of pornography. Yeah. There is definitely an interesting story that's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I do think that when it does get to the sex scenes, they're pretty egregious. Like it's full on. It it's not a uh, like it's not a thing where the camera is posed so that you don't actually see anything. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not that. And I think that if they were to do an edit of this without all of that, and maybe like slightly crop it in a way where it's you're like you're seeing it but kind of like with Scarface have you seen Scarface sure yeah so the scene where the 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 guy gets his arm ripped off with a chainsaw in the Uh bathtub yeah all right you don't actually see the arm getting sawed off but you see the blood the splatter take some creative cuts no I will be honest I think they probably could accomplish the same result if during those scenes they focused more on Miranishi and the other background crew trying to like run around and hold the lights and the camera. Um, they, they certainly could. Sure. I think it would be, 
Oh, I did drop a piece of popcorn on the floor. So we'll see how she reacts. Um, <laughs> she's just it, it looking be, at me. It be, she, she's just looking at me, licking her chops. Micah's dog just ate a piece of the hot popcorn. So we're, we'll see how she uh, handles that. <laughs> but yeah, I think if they cut out the nudity, it uh, it may be a little bit. Oh, there's another piece. Sorry, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> it may be a little bit disingenuous to to the story they're telling. Honestly. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Because, I mean, they're telling the story of a person who his whole thing was pushing the boundaries of what pe- what is acceptable and what people are comfortable with. Now, once again, if you want to call it artistry or, you know, it's up to each person, I guess, to decide sure. on that. Um, but undeniably, he pushed boundaries and that was kind of his drive or he, that he... You know, like that was his focus. That was his mission. Yeah. Was pushing it to the extreme. So I think without as much nudity, it it just wouldn't be doing justice to that story. Honestly, I think there should probably be more. More nudity? Yeah, but that I, could also just be something that I'd be into. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? So for me, I agree 100%. His whole story is about pushing boundaries, revolutionizing this industry. That story is more interesting to me than watching the axe itself. Okay, that's fair. So, so for me, I think that they could have still told the story without putting as much of the filming in. Okay. Or, or when they were doing the filming, focus more on on the director, the camera people, and like how how they're they're changing it. Yeah. I don't mean that in a prudish way. I'm just saying that. For me, it wouldn't have lost anything okay. storytelling wise. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, and I do think there's such a rich story here, actually, because you're getting a lot of stuff. You're kind of getting this this kind of big picture view of Japan in the 80s from like the perspective of the Yakuza, the the police. Um, once again, their their views on pornography and nudity. Yeah. In their culture. There's a lot there, of layers in this. There, It, it is a lot. Because I'm honestly, I'm not super knowledgeable on Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And this kind of just throws you right into it. And I really like it. It seems really interesting. Um, so I think there is such a cool story being told. Like you said, outside outside of the sex. Just like, because at, at the end of the day, what you have is a semi-legal industry with a actively illegal side to it Mm -hmm. underbelly and then there's all these different power dynamics of the the wealthiest and biggest players in this industry working with the police and the mob and like this smaller group trying to navigate that i think it's i think it's an interesting story yeah overall there is there is a whole lot to this beyond just asian tits you know what i mean like that's a big part of it but also Take that out, and there's still a whole lot of meat on that bone. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So for me and my sensibility, I think that I probably would have enjoyed this more without all of it. Uh Not to say that I would expect there to be none of it, Yeah, but um, I would probably have enjoyed it more. I'll tell you, the next episode that you have to watch is really good. The Hawaii episode is actually really cool. Do you mind if I spoil a no, little bit for you? So essentially, he goes to America, and they or they go to Hawaii mm-hmm. to film this uh, to film this 
this movie. And like I said, it's, he's like, it's going to be, it's going to change porn forever. It's going to be, nobody's ever made a movie like this. Um, and he's basically filming an action thriller with porn. And it's just, and like somebody even says, it's like Charlie's angels with sex. Okay. It's basically what it, and he gets this lady, uh, Allison, who's like a, you know, in his mind, he's like, Oh, she's this famous, uh, American porn actress. In reality, she's a washed up porn actress who's trying to make a comeback. Okay. And they lied to her and essentially said he's the biggest porn director in Japan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how they got her to do the movie. Okay. And there's this scene with her where, you know, she's she's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this. This this is going to be a shitty movie. This is not going to restart my career. But she ends up, she's a professional. She does the movie. And at the end of it, like it culminates with the scene of her having sex in a flying plane. Yeah. And it, they so they film the movie and it's a success. They're having this like big party and they're celebrating like, oh, it was so successful. And he's so happy because he got exactly what he wanted. And she comes up to him and she she tells him she's like, look, here's a couple things. This is the worst shoot I've ever been on. I've learned that Japan is way behind on the porn industry and you think this movie is going to be incredible and change the world. And she's like, it's just a piece of shit. She's like, I was here the whole time because I'm a professional. And basically, so it's like this cool scene where he's on top of the world because he thinks he just did this incredible thing. Okay. And she just takes the wind out of his sails. Oh, okay. And then he also gets arrested right after that. Oh, okay. And so I was looking into that a little bit and that really did happen. He went to Hawaii, but he didn't film one movie. He filmed 30. He was there for a month mm-hmm. and filmed like 30 movies. Jeez. Um, but yeah, then the American, like the feds raided him on like a visa charge. Huh? And he, so ended, up, he ended up going to prison for a, like a few months. Or did like he go to prison in America? Yeah. For, oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. And yeah. the show, I don't know how much of the truth of this is. The show kind of sets it up, though, that like the the big guy, what's his name? His rival. Oh, is it Aikisawa? Yeah, Aikisawa kind of pulled some strings. Gotcha. And they got him arrested in America. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Sure. Um, but that's kind of how the show frames it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really, really good episode. Hmm. All right, I'll have to watch it. I like a lot of the supporting cast. I love Toshi. Toshi's cool. Toshi? Toshi is his best buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like his partner in crime. The guy sure. who initially gets him into selling into Diddy Bonds. It. Yeah. And uh, I also like the other guy. The starts the, out as like a photographer who ends up becoming like basically the the business brains. Yanada. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenji Kawada. Um. And then also, and then his whole crew, you got rugby, uh, you have, gosh, I'm, the names are just, I'm not good with the names. There's Junko, right? There's Junko and rugby. They're the two kind of like young guys. They do the filming for him. They mix up the jizz when he needs fake jizz. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then the girl who does the makeup. I love all those characters. They're kind of like the guardians of the galaxy. (laughs) Uh, in the porn okay, industry, okay. basically, yeah, sure. it's like ragtag group of uh, of misfits uh-huh. that are banding together to <laughs> instead of saving the galaxy, <laughs> they're filming girls getting come on their tits. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh my word! Well, so he's like the Wolf of Wall Street of Japanese porn, and, and the whole the group is of the Guardians of Galaxy. Yeah. So if you like the Wolf of Wall Street, if you like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you like tits, this is a show for you. I I don't know if I agree with that statement. I also no that that's actually I'm pretty sure I stand by that. That's I, perfect. I also don't know if I can argue that that <laughs> statement. It's it's an interesting series. So far, um, I definitely appreciate the recommendation. It's definitely something that I would never have watched, like never in a million oh, years yeah, yeah. would I ever Same, picked it. Yeah, Luis, thank you, man. This was perfect. That's exactly what this show is supposed to be. Same thing. Yep. Had I scrolled by this, I would have been like, ah, it seems interesting. Never would have watched it. Right. In a million years, I would have been like, oh, it seems kind of boring. Sure. And honestly, it is. There's not a ton of action in this. There's not. It really is just a a dialogue driven comedy. Mm-hmm. So. I think it would be fair to be like, oh, this might be a little bit boring. Um, but I think the subject matter is so interesting. Yeah, it's it's not a boring show. No, it's, not at all. It's really not. Um, but yeah, had I scrolled by this, I would have been like, no, no chance I'm watching. That looks yeah. dumb. Yep, which is the purpose of this show. It's for us to experience new things. So we we really do appreciate that. Thank you for the recommendation. It's not the worst thing I've watched for the show. So. Oh, I forgot to say. So me and Luis have been messaging a little bit. Oh, okay. And he told me... Uh, because uh, he said, you know, I am bummed you didn't get to watch uh, Nine Queens, but I understand, like, you know, you got you want to have something that's accessible to people. Sure. Um, but <laughs> I forget why he mentioned, but he was like, um, and just so you know, I'll never watch The Holy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and Luis, that is a good that is a good choice, my friend. Yeah, don't, I don't ever watch The Holy Mountain. Yeah, neither one of us will fault you for that. Ever. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll commend where you for this, not watching it. Yeah. Yeah, where does this stack up against The Holy Mountain, Michael? Oh, it's better you? than The Holy Mountain. Yeah, for sure. It's better <laughs> than The Holy Mountain. Yeah. Um, yeah, no question there. So this was, this had moments of entertainment. Uh, all of my gripes are, I would say, low on the list as far as, like, there was nothing so egregious that I was like, mm, this isn't for me. Were you surprised by how much you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it or anything? Um, so I liked it more than I thought I would. But I don't know if I would say I was surprised, maybe pleasantly, slightly surprised. Can I tell you what I'm surprised by? Sure. I like this popcorn more than I thought. Like, honestly, <laughs> I think I need to go back and update because I've just been I'm almost done with this bowl of popcorn. Yeah, I've been eating it the whole show. And folks, you heard me chewing. I apologize, but it's actually not too bad. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go up with you 300. 300? Yeah. yeah. 200 just for being popular. I don't, lo- I don't love the spice, but honestly, like, I can't deny I've been sitting here just eating it this yeah. whole time. Popcorn has that effect. The dog left. <laughs> no, she's under the table. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's not puking. She's just laying there, so she's handling it pretty well, I think. Yeah. So, we're about that time where we discuss ratings and, um determine would we also recommend this to somebody so i'll start with me would i recommend this to somebody no okay (laughs) but do you is it just because you don't know anybody who you would recommend this to uh yeah that's probably well actually i do know somebody who i'd recommend it to I recommended it to somebody the other day. Who'd you we recommend it to? Zach McCrary. That's who I was going to recommend yeah. it to. Yeah. Because if, I, if I, I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. And I told him, he was like, yeah, I think he was like, oh, I might watch that. It sounds interesting. So, Zach, yeah. if you're listening, you should go give it a watch. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I would have to find somebody whose sensibilities were closer to like your end 
than mine, I think. Yeah. I'm just, I have such a, uh... A deep sexual repression? Uh, yep, that's it. That's, <laughs> those are the exact words in the order that I was looking for. No, I just have such an apathetic mindset towards so many things. Sure, yeah, I get while that. While this isn't for me, it also doesn't offend me in any way. Yeah. So... You know, for what I feel that's like, worth. Yeah, I feel like the way you feel about this is kind of the way I feel about horror. Okay. Where where it's more so it's like, it doesn't really bother me. It just doesn't really do anything for me. It just sure. doesn't interest me that much. Yeah. So. Speaking wh- of which, Fall of Usher. I've heard everybody talking about this show on Netflix. The I've Fall been told of Usher. it's fantastic. It's okay. Oh, is that, so, a, is that a hot take from Thor? Yeah, so this guy, Patrick Flanagan, he's he does a lot of really good shows. He did Black Mass, which... One day I would like to make you watch for this show. Black Mask. Black Mass. Oh, Black Mass. It's... Oh, that's a Netflix series, right? It's a Netflix series. Okay. He does a bunch of Netflix series. Okay. He did uh, The Haunting of Hill House, which I don't know if you saw. Okay. That's nope. another one. That one's really good. Usually if it contains the word haunting, I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. But, well, and like I said, he doesn't... He, I, I'm not into horror. He tells a different type of horror story. It's more okay. like these intricate, like... Uh, character-driven drama films or shows that kind of take place in a horror setting. Sure. But they're not... Do they hail Pyman by the end of it? No, they don't. (laughs) Um, And then he did another one, uh, Blythe Banner, I think, which that one I didn't care for a bunch. So Fall of House of Usher, it's okay. There's some good performances in it, and I think it's a neat concept. It's but do you know who the Sackler family is? No, I mean, is uh, it not? They're uh, the they're the head. They're the family that runs Pharma Purdue. The people who made OxyContin, who okay, who are like have currently been uh, like sued for billions and billions of dollars for sure. causing the opioid epidemic in our country. Yeah. So wait, is it's fa- basically a sex? I'm sorry, I keep uh, on. No, up, that's okay. But Go it's basically so the show is basically like. The family is the Usher family, and it's this huge family that runs a giant pharmaceutical company that has caused the opioid epidemic, right? So it's basically just that's the what this show is about. It is, but then so it's a dad, and then he has six children, and so all like his children each episode, one of his kids dies. Oh, okay. and it's all by like mysterious circumstances, but it's. There's like some supernatural shit that's going on. So they each die in these really interesting ways. So like it's almost kind of like this like fantasy murder of like the most hated family in our country. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, but it's not like everybody said how great it is. It's okay at best. I I'm pretty sure that the Zach Bolton, I am DZ Bolton sent me a message saying that it was pretty great. I think you could watch it, honestly. Yeah. It's it's not really a horror show. Well, it doesn't sound at all what I... It, so It has a couple horror elements to it. Yeah, but, but what you're saying... So The Fall of the House of Usher is a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh-huh. You're saying this has nothing to do with that. No. It's just taking the name. I, I'm assuming... I've never read that story, but I'm assuming it probably takes that same... I'm assuming in the fall of House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. it's a family that like the members just start dying and it's all because of the head of the family. So that story, that's first of all, it's like Usher's or I'm sorry, it's Poe's like best piece, in my opinion. OK, um, but it's about a guy who visits an old, old friend 
and it's the House of Usher, both actually, like literally, uh-huh. and also family-wise. Okay. So the old friend, his last name is Usher, and he is alone in this mansion at this point, and he has a sister who's really sick and kind of creepy Okay. while this old friend is visiting the house. And, and is he then telling him a story the whole time of, like, this bad shit that happened to him? Um, it's, it's a thing where the sister ends up dying. Uh-huh. But because, uh, because Poe is Poe, she's not actually dead. She was just buried alive. Uh-huh. And they thought that she was dead. And so she claws her way out. And the, both of them end up dying. And I think that the house gets destroyed. Okay. There's definitely a reference to a woman being buried alive and coming out, like being okay. accidentally buried alive and then coming out of the Okay. Ground. So um, maybe they're referencing... I'm, I'm sure there story. are a lot of references to it. Because I just figured that but it, it is was... not just a retelling of that story. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured it was, was a retelling of that, which made me kind of interested in it, because I I really enjoy that story for Poe. Yeah, no, it is an, it's an interesting story concept. I just don't, I don't love a lot of the, there are a lot of things I don't like, but it's just not that good. And honest, I mean, there's only one Usher I care about, and that's Usher. I mean, he found seven o'clock on the dot. He found my drop top cruising the streets. I don't know why you know so I much of that Usher song. Little thing just waiting for me. I have no idea. I pull over. <laughs> dude, you don't know that song. No, dude. Oh, my God. Usher in the 90s. Oh, come on, man. I was not a huge Usher fan. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. That song, though, dude. <laughs> I guess maybe. I'm in my drop top, dude. It just gets in my head, and I yeah. So okay, so <laughs> the naked director. Where do we rate this on a scale of one to two Asian tits? Oh my word. Okay. Yeah. It's real simple. <laughs> I'll go with one. Or here, how about? Okay, he said he slept with 7,000 women. Good On golly. a scale of 1 to 7,000 screaming orgasms. Um, uh, 3,000? 3,000 screaming orgasms. Yeah, okay. that's where I'm going with it. I think I'm probably closer to like 5,500. Okay. Maybe 5,000. Yeah. Whereas I like this, I wouldn't put it in my top favorite things, but I definitely plan on continuing to watch it. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, speaking of, I've, this was another fun fact I was looking up. So, you know, the scene where, um, where, uh, she comes to do the scene for the first time and he gives her like a whistle to blow yeah. to like indicate that she's like having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. That was a real thing that he implemented in films. Okay. That was like one of his like signatures in some of the movies he made. Interesting. I figured that he was doing it so that he could get around the um like the censoring aspect of it. No, oh, no. No, he was just a like a creative touch okay. he had. And he specifically used it was like not a whistle though, it was these like some kind of like a flute type thing that yeah. like was used in like Buddhist ceremonies. It was a lower note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was it was not like, like a gym whistle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and maybe the thing they actually used is the thing that they actually used. I'm not sure. Because they kept calling it a whistle. What I was reading, it didn't call it a whistle. Okay. It was said it was this specific like instrument that's used for Buddhist ceremonies. Oh, okay. That makes it slightly humorous. <laughs> yeah. 
a little bit of a little bit of sac religion in there. <laughs> God, <laughs> Just a I love little that. bit, yeah. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. The Naked Director. It's on Netflix. You can go find it if our conversation has intrigued your uh, curiosity, piqued your interest. Um. I don't know. I'm yeah, trying to at the very least. I think it's worth a watch. I think it's a good show. If you're uncomfortable with nudity, probably just pass it up. Yeah, don't watch it with your parents. Probably Unless you not. got really cool parents. I you know, <laughs> sure. We I mean, use, I'm not gonna lie, I watched a lot of this with my six month old son on my lap. Well, he's too young <laughs> and, like, and well like he won't no, he watches TV. And so like there were parts though I legitimately were like he would be watching the TV and there'd be like graphic sex scenes going on. And I was like, although like <laughs> logically in my brain, I'm like, I don't think people should be uncomfortable with sex. I don't think it's something that should be taboo and forbidden to talk about and be seen. I still was like, I don't know. And I like covered his eyes. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's an adult content <laughs> thing, right? Where, like, where I was like, logically, like, like that part of my brain is like, yeah, let him see it. Who cares? Oh, what? He, what is he going to see people like it ha- people enjoying pleasure and like the best part of life? Like, why should he be shielded from that? But then there's that other part that's like, yeah, but I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not one. He's not going to be able to comprehend what's happening Two, I think while I would agree with the sentiment that it's not necessarily something that you should frown upon or like keep in the closet. I do think that it's something that you should shelter a child from for a certain amount of time. <laughs> so like covering his eyes, I think is 100% justified. <laughs> yeah, tough. So I didn't yeah. plug his ears though. He heard those. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Like, All right. Well, on that note, uh, oh. the naked director, what, did you guys think? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, and what did your children think of it? Let yeah, us know. <laughs> sure. Let us know about that, too. Um, it's on Netflix. Sounds like there's two seasons that are available to stream. Yeah. Get a hold of us. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us. I just actually made a Threads account for oh, us. Oh, cool. So I don't know what we're going to put on there yet. I'm thinking about just throwing lesser... Um, lesser things on there just like questions so i i did put out a question there for see if anybody had any recommendations for video games because i i got some gift cards to buy some video games for the holidays i'm a big gamer i wanted to know should i play alan wake 2 or should i get armored core 6 out of those two i i I don't know so i did throw that question out there but i figure we could throw out just smaller yeah get right now on threads yep i guess so we're getting in we're Getting into the 21st century slowly, slowly, but surely. Yeah. Um, so I guess we got to do a recommendation. I'll be honest with you. It's been a few weeks. I have no idea whose turn it is to recommend something. I don't either. I don't know who's. Do you I- have anything you would like to recommend to me? Hey folks, it's Thor from the future here. Uh, So at this next part, we actually go into the recommendation. um, But after we uh, recommended it and looked into it, we had a little bit of issue uh, actually finding it. Um, 
so we weren't able to get to it. It is something we're going to do in the future. So instead, we decided we're going to do Rebel Moon from Zack Snyder. It is a new film on Netflix. It just came out. Um, basically kind of like a sci-fi thriller. I think it was originally supposed to be a Star Wars film. Uh, and then uh, that kind of fell through. So he just kind of made his own uh, sci-fi universe. Um, so that's what we're going to be covering next week is Rebel Moon. So now back to the recording. Get a hold of us on our various social media platforms. Get Rick Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, apparently Threads now as well. Yep. Find us. and uh, Or reach out to us directly via, uh, via email. Ah! GetRecktPod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. As always, folks. No, until uh, next time. <laughs> Start over. Until next time, folks. As always. You get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. So do you think that they had to pay the people who were doing the dubbing, like, for the moaning and things like that? Or did they just use the same moaning?